0: I really like today's scripture reading because it contains some of my favorite passages. For one thing, I always like to summarize Jesus' message with those two great commandments, love God and love neighbor. Along with that, this passage contains two familiar stories, Hear now these words from chapter 10 of Luke's gospel, starting at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken from her. Have you ever tested Jesus, tried to make bargains with God? Just let me pass this test, get through this day, come through this surgery... Recover from this accident, and I will stop whatever bad habit. I will be there for my family. I will go to church every Sunday, and I will pray regularly. Today's scripture starts with a lawyer, an expert in the law, testing Jesus. Only his testing is not to promise to do something new and better. But to try to trap Jesus into saying something that can be charged against him. But Jesus makes sure that the conversation takes a totally different turn. Because usually when someone asks a question, the other person tries to answer. But Jesus replies to the question with the question. The expert gives a right answer, but then Jesus gives another answer. The expert asks another question. Jesus tells a story and asks another question. The lawyer answers, Jesus gives an answer. The lawyer asks two good questions, gives two good answers. On the surface, we seem to have two men who are in agreement. All good? Not exactly. Perhaps this is a good way to engage non believers, but it's not healthy and encouraging discussion among believers. The goal of spiritual discussion and biblical study should be to grow in knowledge and understanding, not to try to outwit one another. So the law expert asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, besides trying to trap Jesus, how should we read this question? Well, perhaps his emphasis is on the I, I want to make sure I do just enough. But he's the expert, so Jesus turns the question back to him. Well, what does Scripture say about this? And the lawyer answers his own question, love God and love neighbor. Of course the law expert knows the law. That's why he feels so confident in testing Jesus But Jesus doesn't say, great answer, you really know your stuff. Jesus replies, then do what it says. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus puts the emphasis on the do. Love God and love neighbor, do this and you will live. But the lawyer is still trying to justify himself, not learn from Jesus, So he continues to test, and who is my neighbor? Now usually we think of our neighbors as people living near us, so they would often be in a similar financial situation, have similar values, and a similar culture. But Jesus illustrates with a story, and he starts, a man no descriptors, could be Jew or Gentile, could be friend, coworker, or stranger, could dress like us or look totally different, could be from this area or a faraway country, could speak our language or some other language. In any case, in the story, this man is on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, everyone back then would have known the dangers of traveling on that road. Because it drops 3,600 feet in less than 20 miles, it's narrow, rocky, and has sudden turns. Getting beaten and robbed would have been a common occurrence. So it would have been foolish for someone to travel that way alone. Now maybe you listen to the news stories like I do. When I hear of another robbery or an attack on someone, I wait to hear where and what time of day it was. So often it's two or three in the morning and I immediately think, what were they doing out at that hour, especially in that area? They were asking for trouble. But of course, a crime was still committed. So Jesus continues, here comes a priest a man of God, a good person, surely he will help. Nope, the priest steers clear, maybe remembering that if you touch a dead body, you're unclean for seven days. Maybe the priest was on his way to serve his allotted time in the temple, and if he stopped, he would lose out on that. Well, not to worry, here comes a Levite. In some of the translations, it seems like the Levite at least spends a little extra time assessing the situation, but again chooses not to stop. not to worry. A third person is approaching now, after a priest and a Levite, those early listeners would be expecting that that next person would be an Israelite. But we know that Jesus has a tendency towards the unexpected. And so in his story, it's a Samaritan who approaches, someone the Israelites dislike and avoid. Now, the Samaritans were descendants of a mixed population of people that occupied Israel after Assyria conquered and resettled all sorts of peoples from different areas. The Samaritans were considered unclean, social outcasts, and religious heretics. In the preceding chapter of Luke's gospel, he even reminded us of this animosity by mentioning that Jesus and his disciples passed through a Samaritan village that refused to receive Jesus. And the gospel of John mentions tension, saying... Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. The Jews even called Jesus a Samaritan at one point in a derogatory way, saying he must have a demon because he speaks like a heretic. And yet remember that Jesus asks a Samaritan woman for a drink from the well. Jesus breaks down barriers. Jesus destroys old boundaries. And so here in this story about neighbors, it is the Samaritan, a despised enemy, who is the hero. And to rub it in even more, apparently this Samaritan was honest as well as compassionate because the innkeeper trusted that he would return to pay off any further debts, Maybe you remember another story in Luke when Jesus heals ten lepers and only one comes back to thank Jesus, and that one was a Samaritan. When the lawyer asked Jesus, who is my neighbor, he expected the answer to be fellow Jews. But now Jesus rephrases the question, turns it around and says, which of these proved to be a neighbor? Because Jesus doesn't want to tell us who our neighbors are, who we must care for. Jesus wants to teach us how to be a good neighbor, how to act neighborly to all people. So Jesus asks, which of these proved to be a neighbor? Now, of course, the answer is the Samaritan, But the law expert doesn't want to say that. So instead, he describes a key characteristic of a good neighbor, saying, the one who showed mercy, to which Jesus again says, go and do. Back in chapter 6, Jesus said, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Now Jesus has taken that to another level and presents the enemy as the hero of the story. I've been partially following the recent political conventions through the lens of this sermon topic, how should I treat my neighbor? And several statements have caught my attention. In one speech, the speaker said that some people see hardships and unfairness and say, I feel for you, while others say, I'll fight for you. Fighting for you is the attitude of a good neighbor as long as they follow through and do something. In another speech, I heard these words, Every day I wake up determined to deliver a better life for the people all across this nation that have been ignored, neglected, and abandoned. I have no patience for injustice. Again, the words of a good neighbor if it leads to action. About family, one said, they taught me to care about what happens in the world and do what I could to change what felt wrong. And another said, simply caring is not enough. You need both understanding and action. Who is our neighbor Our neighbors are all around us. We just need to step aside from our busyness and view the world through God's eyes.
1: a broken sky, traced out by the city lights, my world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight, touch down in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop, breathe in the familiar shock of confusion and chaos, are those people going somewhere, why have I never cared? yeah. Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet Does her best to smile at me To hide what's underneath There's a man just too right Black suit and a bright red tie Too ashamed to tell his wife he's out of work He's buying time All those people Going somewhere? Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the broken-hearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones forgotten. Give me your eyes so I can't see. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I've been here a million times, a couple of million eyes just moving past me by. I swear I never thought that I was wrong. Well, I want a second glance. So give me a second chance To see the way you've seen the people all along Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can't see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the brokenhearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can't see Give me your eyes for- Lord, give, give me your, your eyes, eyes For everything that I keep missing, I keep missing. Give me your eyes heart For the broken heart and sin Give me your, your heart Lord, give me your eyes so see. Yeah Yeah Yeah
0: All people in need, hurting, beaten down, oppressed, whatever their heritage or nationality. What does it mean to love our neighbor? To do acts of love without showing partiality or expecting anything in return. Go and do the same, says Jesus But there's a continuation to this story because the disciples continue their journey, stopping in Bethany, less than two miles from Jerusalem, at the home of Martha and her sister Mary. Martha and Mary are excited to see Jesus, but Scripture says that Martha is distracted by her many chores. Well, of course she is. A visitor has just stopped by. And Jesus isn't alone. His disciples are with him. And with the crowds that have been following Jesus, quite possibly there are more people present. Give her a break. She's trying to be hospitable, to be neighborly. Even when I invite people, I'm torn between being in the kitchen to get them a drink or finish the meal and being out talking to them so I've always had mixed emotions when reading this passage. Is Jesus trying to say that hospitality is not important when guests come to visit? Martha is trying her best to be hospitable to a person she is fond of, but with the extra people, it's a big task to prepare that much food. No wonder Martha is bustling around and preoccupied. The question should be, why wasn't Mary helping? No wonder Martha tries to solicit support from Jesus to shame Mary back into the kitchen where she belongs. After all, that was one of the expected roles of women in that society and maybe still in our society today. But the unexpected happens. Jesus chastises Martha and sides with Mary. I can only imagine how shocked Martha must have been and how much that comment must have stung. Perhaps Martha would have liked to hear Jesus' word, but knew that someone needed to take care of all those chores. The norm in Jesus' day was that women worked in the kitchen and men Could sit at the feet of the rabbi, but in Jesus' reaction to Martha in support of Mary, Jesus indicates that the assigned roles of women in the society of his time are not the same, are not of the same importance as in God's kingdom, because the kingdom is not governed by rules of society that categorize and restrict and oppress all people should have opportunities. Just like Jesus affirmed the Samaritans could be good neighbors, Jesus now affirms Mary's right to join the men at the feet of the master to hear God's word. I think Jesus is trying to point out that sometimes our idea of hospitality doesn't match the situation In my lifetime, I have witnessed many changed attitudes about what women can and can't do. In particular, I've witnessed the changeover that has occurred in many churches, allowing women to speak in worship, allowing women to serve communion, allowing women to be president of the board or council, allowing women to serve as pastors. Perhaps you can add to this list, but not all churches allow this So we have Mary joining the men, sitting at Jesus' feet. This had additional significance because when a man was studying under a rabbi, sitting at their feet was their way to listen to and learn from the master. It's what someone would do who was studying to become a rabbi. Mary wants to hear more of what Jesus has to say, and Jesus is happy with her choice. He even says that Mary has chosen the better part, listening to God's word. Jesus is not only affirming Mary's right to hear God's word. He is also suggesting that believers need to make time to hear and learn about God's word. Mary has chosen the better part. When the duties and activities of life distract us from our faith journey, we must consciously find the time to turn our thoughts and hearts toward God. As a church, we should also consider how to give everyone this opportunity. Do we always expect the same people to take care of duties around the church, causing them to miss worship, or small group times, a church can proclaim the importance of worship and study by looking out for its members and making sure they get that time. Martha, although well-intentioned, is so distracted with doing her best in the kitchen that she does not stop to hear God's word. Now again, It's becoming obvious that Jesus likes to shake things up, to make us look at things that have always been in a new way, to challenge us to see the world through God's lens of justice and love. Last Sunday, Pastor Greg said that being Christian is not normal. Jesus asks us to love our enemy, to go the extra mile, to give the coat off our back. Jesus is not afraid to challenge customs that restrict and oppress. Jesus wants people to have the right vision of God's kingdom. Think of all the times Jesus was in trouble with the Pharisees for healing on the Sabbath. The Pharisees said it was work. Jesus suggested it was okay to do good on the Sabbath. Think of all the times Jesus interacted with people outside the Jewish community, with the sinners, the unclean, the woman at the well, the woman who was to be stoned, the lepers, the tax collectors. And now in today's stories, Jesus is changing the boundaries again, expanding our view of who our neighbor is, tearing down barriers between men and women, perhaps there are other boundaries yet in today's society that don't belong in God's kingdom, that restrict and oppress people. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Two stories with different messages. Because Jesus knows his flock and has messages that apply to each one. Some people spend plenty of time hearing God's word, but never act on it. The lesson the law expert needed to hear. Others spend so much time in activity that they never make time to slow down and hear God's word and meditate on it. The lesson Martha needed to hear. These two stories taken together suggest that both are important in God's eyes. A Christian needs to find time to listen, learn, and reflect. And a Christian will also make time to go and do. Love God and love neighbor. In the story of the Good Samaritan, the priest and the Levite avoid helping the wounded traveler to fulfill the requirements of their law. In the other story, Martha is distracted By her perceived requirements of hospitality. What distracts us as a person and as a church from being the best witness we can be? Do we focus on loving God and loving neighbor or on the details? Let us pray. Eternal Father, we come before you this day and we give you thanks. For your word and the lessons that it teaches us, we ask that you will lay on our hearts things that we need to do in the coming days to be more neighborly, to attend to our faith. We ask that you would help the world in general to be more neighborly so that violence and hate can go away. We lift up all these prayers in your son's holy name. Amen.